Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjo Gall. Hello, and uh, welcome to the segment on CTN. To learn more, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And the topic for today is boosting organizational performance through experience management. And our guest for today is Kathy Linares. Uh, Kathy serves as the Vice President, Chief Information Officer for Aurora Packaging Solutions. Hey, Kathy, how are you? I'm doing well, and how are you? Very good. Thank you. Happy holidays, and uh, hope uh, you're ready for some break from your busy schedule. Are you? Absolutely. Um, I think we all need to take a break to recharge, and I'm looking forward to a four-day weekend. Awesome, awesome. So uh, the reason we wanted to touch this topic is, of course, as we are moving ahead in this new digital era, or even otherwise, there is a faster business and life that's ahead of us. And we are always going to have expectations internally and externally from customers, stakeholders, employees, etc., but then we have to, as an organizational organization, we have to improve our performance. We do it in many different ways. We wanted to specifically touch experience management, which is the experience we create for through the brand, through our uh, employees, through the product, and what we do is for the customer. So when you are creating experience across multiple facets, that's when you are successful and that's when your organization is running at its full potential. So we wanted to discuss what does it take to create or rather manage the experience in such a way so it is cohesive and it's integrated. So my first question for you, Kathy, is if I am going to go and look at my external customer, the paying customer, and we want to offer them the most satisfying experience to them, the the latest digital age-related formula given, oh, get them or get in touch with them wherever they are, which is on any device that they may be on. But is that enough? Well, I think it's, you know, it's an interesting question. And um, if you look at experience management for customers, I think, first of all, you have to start with what is that experience that you're trying to create and really clearly have a defined um, strategy about that. You know, what is our plan? Who are we to the customer? And ensure that you have alignment throughout your entire organization. So, of course, that does start with the strategic leadership team, but it needs to cascade down to every single person within an organization so that everything that they work on is driving toward that single, you know, single thought, I guess, um, experience for the customer. So, um, for example, in my organization, we really truly um, strive to be operationally excellent in providing the solutions that we provide for our customers and ensuring that everyone's focused on delivering that operational excellence, whether it's through... um, e-commerce or it's through customer service, um, the drivers of the trucks that are delivering products to our facilities, we want that unified experience across every single touch point. And part of that process in ensuring that you're continuously focused on improving that is, is creating that feedback loop, ensuring that there's a way to get insights back 
from every single rank in the organization so that we can look at how we can improve whenever we have missed the mark. And um, off the top of my head, that's that's really the best way to approach that. So you are uh, looking at the experience that we are trying to create. Now, what do you do to truly validate uh, what the people want for you to then align your experience that you want to offer to them? What's your, what's your listening mechanism? What's your validation mechanism? So your relevance of each and every activity and investments you make is by design. Mm. Well, of course, I mean, we do customer surveys and we have um, promoter scores and such that we measure and that we keep track of. Um, we also do reach out to customers and look for opportunities to provide that feedback. I think that um, there's room for improvement there, quite honestly. But as I look at other organizations, um, one in particular, I'm very impressed with the approach that they're taking on this, and that is uh, CenturyLink, quite honestly. They have an executive leadership team, a mixture, of course, of CFOs and operations leaders and such, that is each handed a portfolio of customers that they are responsible for meeting with on a regular basis to ensure that they have that feedback coming back to the entire executive team and that regardless of their function, that they're involved with ensuring that the customer experience is what they want it to be across their entire portfolio. Um, I think that's a very good way to approach this. There are other technologies and such, especially with e-commerce and, and the web and things that you can do there that are tracking customer journeys, how, you know, the mapping of how they utilize the technologies and things like that to get insights as to whether or not they're successful in, in turning things into actual profits when they're shopping on the web. But, um, but truly, I think that there is no better um, measurement than the actual feedback that comes from the customers. And digging deeper into the feedback collection, you and I both know that people are generally nice and they mm. want to be nice. So if you ask them mm -hmm. feedback, they give you what you want to hear. And yes, there would be some candor in feedback you will get sometime, but then there could be a lot of things which could slip through the cracks and it becomes a function of how intelligent or cross-tabulated questioning you do so that you are able to pull out what you wanted to hear when sometimes what they don't say also is a feedback. Mm, you're you're absolutely you right. I think you're, you're absolutely right. I've heard that I think 70% of customers will never tell you when they're dissatisfied. So from a technology standpoint, I would say that um, having monitoring of the solutions that you're providing and ensuring that you have alerts and mechanisms to provide feedback technically that give you insights as to performance or um, timeliness, you know, the SLAs, the KPIs that you have to ensure that the technologies are doing what you would expect them to do and measuring those very, very um, frequently and maybe all the time and then looking at those on a frequent basis, probably at least monthly to get insights into areas where you're not hitting your SLAs so that you can proactively resolve those. So while an organization works towards improving their listening and experience-related uh, feedback, now suppose they have something, some action items that they come up with based on the feedback they got, and now they have to rally the troops from mm -hmm. all possible areas in the organization. Not everyone has the same agenda. Not everyone is measured the same way within the same organization, but you want all of them to be aligned in a manner 
that it is towards the best interest of further improving that experience we're talking about. How do you do that? And and that's not just a, a, an IT question. So with an IT department, you would be in a support function, but you actually have to enable and incent people in different at different levels in different departments within the organization. So it's one cohesive unit working towards a common goal. How do you accomplish that? Mm-hmm. And what what do you do? Well, from a goal perspective, at least with Aurora, what we have is we utilize success factors to manage goals. And those are um, technically, they cascade down throughout the organization so that we do have an alignment of goals as an organization and we know what we're focused on. Um, and putting together specific projects and initiatives to ensure that we're moving the needle on those things and that we're measuring them. So if there is something that comes out that let's say, um, let's say from a customer experience perspective, there's insights that, um, that customer service is not fast enough, that they aren't um, perhaps even, you know, um, I don't know, customer focused when they answer the call and they're, they're not kind in some way. Um, I could see there being specific initiatives to work on setting goals, um, training, ensuring that people understand what the expectations are. And from a technology standpoint, perhaps doing things to improve the speed at which customer service is able to respond to customers' needs. And with everyone focused on improving those goals and ensuring that they're doing their part and that those are measured um, I think that that is one way to go about this. And I, another key that I would say with respect to that is ensuring that when those types of things are put in place to move the needle, it's not just a project or an initiative. Part of that project is ensuring that it gets transitioned into a sustainable operating procedure. So you spoke about all the right things you would do looking top down, that you had a vision, then you had some feedback collection, correspondingly you have some goals and projects identified. No, we could do all of that, but people from inside out have to be on board and be doing the best they can so that qualitatively the outcome and the performance that we were looking at is maximized. So mm-hmm. how do you turn those people into uh, rock stars and into people who are looking to work together versus just meeting their own respective agendas? Well, I think um, selling the vision is absolutely critical. And, you know, a, a strong leader is able to cl- clearly articulate what we're doing, why we're doing it, how we're going to get there and inspiring and motivating their team to get on board with that. If, you know, I also do believe from a performance management perspective, if there are people within an organization that are not aligned with the organization's goals, then they probably need to be managed out of the organization because the weakest link you know, is the strength of the, of the chain. And you really need to have, you know, in, in some cases, an army of people that are all focused on that same goal and are swimming in the same direction. So one is that they're working on these projects, but then there are certain people, and they may be internal to the organization, those projects could be internal. But then you've got people who are actually on the front line touching these customers, these external customers who are paying customers and and people who keep the lights on, if you will, for us. Mm -hmm. Those people have to, and they may touch the same customer at different points in the cycle. 
how do you ensure that the the passion the value system and what you want to convey because these are not not robots it's not an ai system mm-hmm. that you're deploying how do you make sure there's consistency because every touch point has got a direct impact on uh, an experience level dipping or completely going and hitting the roof or throwing you know breaking through the roof well i think what you're what you're talking about is culture an organizational culture. You know, if, if an organization's culture is focused on a very high customer experience, such as Disney, you know, which is a culture that a lot of, comp- a lot of people have studied over the years, um, they're very, very clear in how they uh, develop and grow their talent to ensure that they, they have, they, they behold those values of that organization at the highest level. And so I use Disney as an example. I've heard many stories about, you know, the person who's sweeping at Disney, you know, who's doing maintenance has that same value system as the person who's maybe selling ice creams or running rides. They're all focused on, um, on an incredible, delightful customer experience, the happiest place on earth. And um, you can't, let anybody fall under the radar on that. It's really important to drive that culture. I've had the opportunity in my career at three different companies, including Aurora, to participate as a member of the team that defined what our mission statement was, our belief statement, our core values. And I behold those at the highest level. I really, truly do. And so, um, for example, at Aurora, our, our core values are teamwork, respect, integrity, and passion. And every coworker in the organization knows those values. And there are times that I might lead a meeting and ask my different coworkers to define the values and talk about the values and what we're working on and how that is in support of those values. Those types of things go a very, very long way. And I do think that um, there are a lot of organizations today that perhaps are newer companies that are, are getting started and and they may have um, a lot of change happening. They don't have a completely aligned strategy. And I think it really does start with that, that culture and understanding what are the core values that we expect, that we behold as a people, and what are we working toward? Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And, Kathy, when we come back, I'd like to dig a little deeper on this because what you just mentioned as culture is very important. But now let's compare a person who otherwise is top of the game, wants to delight the customer, but just had a bad day. The customer doesn't care about that person having a bad day, but that bad day could translate into him or her snapping or saying something or not doing the way they were supposed to do, which has an impact on the experience. So while we are not trying to become utopic, but is there a way to tackle this? Is there a way to preempt such damage from happening? What you could do mm-hmm. to make that happen? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit BlackBerry.com forward slash enterprise. 
Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, uh, Kathy, as I mentioned before we went into this break, uh, a bad day could be experienced by any of us. And that could throw us off and create misalignment from what culture we would have otherwise built. But the customer should not and does not care. How do we tackle mm-hmm. it in a regular day of anyone within the organization who's serving the customer? Well, I, th- I think it's very important for an organization to have a really clear, clearly defined escalation path when there is a, a bad experience. And um, the customer needs to be informed about that prior to that bad experience happening so that they know what the path is, how do I escalate this. It could be opening a service desk incident. It could be um, reporting something into a corrective action portal that the organization is going to track and ensure that they resolve. And um, behind that, the cus- the, uh, I'm sorry, the supplier needs to respond to that customer complaint in a way that truly wins over that customer's loyalty Ongoing, and, you know, this. Whenever something goes wrong, it's an opportunity for a supplier to either really wow that customer and delight them in a way that that they never expected, so that they really could respond and say, you know, this this vendor's been great for me, but I had this issue, and the way they handled it was so top notch that I'm going to stick with them because I know that they're in it with me. Versus the times when somebody has something go wrong, they either have no idea how to escalate it. Or when they do, the vendor just um, responds in the way that appears that they just don't care. Um, So I think it's it's both technology, it's process, it's training, and it's ensuring that the people that are backing one another up are there to back up the person who had a bad day and ensure that they bring that customer experience to the next level. And what we offer to ex- the experience to the external customer is directly proportional to how well the people within, which is our internal customers, are feeling about how their journey is going on. Because they are all, everyone, of course, wants to work for the organization, but they want to feel valued as an individual and they want to feel that, yes, they're growing as a journey. So Absolutely. what do you think... As far as them, we talk about employee engagement all the time, we would do surveys, but that's like, okay, again, surveys tell you some truth, but not all the truth. 
So if you were to think about employee experience, even making it more valuable than or or more critical for us to focus on, because that's one we can hopefully control better and improve it, what do you do from the very start of a person in the organization, like the onboarding and all the way till when they leave so that the engagement of an employee and the experience we offer them is exceeding their expectation because then they have no other thing holding them back from delighting the customers. How do you do that? And is that truly being done in that spirit? Because we always stay customer focused, most organizations at least. Mm. Well, you know, I, I can speak actually about some relevant experience that I've had here at Aurora my organization has spent the last four years implementing SAP, which is a rather grueling process. And um, my IT coworkers were feeling a little bit fatigued, as might happen after a four-year SAP implementation. Um, I was concerned about ensuring that they haven't lost sight of the fact that we are a service organization first. And so I, um, about nine months ago, reinstituted monthly lunch and learn sessions with the IT department here at Aurora, bringing all of the IT coworkers together, some on WebEx who aren't here in corporate, you know, who are remote in the sites and such, but ensuring that everyone heard from the different leaders of the IT department as well as from myself what they could be doing, what we should be doing to ensure that we stayed focused on service and part of that was about um, treating them as customers, really giving them a great experience. And recently, I started introducing some things um, just to make it a little bit more fun but in the office, but at the same time to ensure that people felt appreciated because that is probably the number one thing that most people never feel is that they've got enough recognition and enough appreciation for all of their hard work. And so what I've been doing is personally writing thank you notes to coworkers, and I've now created a sort of a game where people are thanking one another. And this is going on throughout the entire IT department, and it's already starting to reach into other parts of the organization. But I think by treating one another well and by creating that sense of appreciation, that does cascade on to the experience that our external customers have when working with, with our people because they're experiencing that on a daily basis. They feel appreciated. They feel um, valued. And those are really, really critical things for people when they go to work every day. And so it helps them to have that better day so that they're not having a bad day and the customer's not having a bad experience. Um, It also gives them the resiliency to deal with a customer who might be a little bit disgruntled on a daily basis or on on an occasional basis so that they can handle that and feel good about themselves and continue to do a good job. Um, and And I truly do believe that when you asked about onboarding, the way that someone joins an organization is absolutely critical. That first day feeling like they're important goes so far. And, um, I'm a big believer in preparing for someone's first day by ensuring that they have a really clearly defined set of expectations. I personally spend time, whether it's a trainee right out of college or a director that I'm hiring, to help them to understand the organizational structure, the who's who, 
um, give them some insights as to resources that, that they might need as they're getting familiar with the organization. We have a buddy program here at Aurora so that a new hire has an assigned buddy who's meeting with them regularly. It may or may not be someone within their work stream so that they can really help them to navigate and, and sort of have a friend right away that they can go to to ask certain questions. But all of those things from day one to, you know, the last day that they're with Aurora, I think every day they need to have that interaction with different people to make them feel valued. So uh, this is this is regarding the, the issue that you mentioned about employee engagement. And for that, you talked about onboarding and the experience that you offer. Mm-hmm. This is you, you focused on communication. And when yeah. you when you communicate, that's something which I would not say is going to be short-lived, but that's still words. But what do we do in action that these people feel that, hey, the, these are not just giving us lip service? Well, I think, you know, it's important to understand what motivates different people. And, and it's not the same thing for everyone. And so um, career development... Um, having sponsors, mentorship, things like that are ongoing activities that, that are not just short-lived, you know, because that becomes part of developing that person and they're actually getting something out of this that's more than just lip service. Um, so th- there's a myriad of things that as leaders we can do to raise that employee engagement and help them with managing the experience for our customers. Um, but it really is an individual each person needs to have their own development plan. And, and the managers need to be held accountable and responsible for understanding what it is that motivates their people. And there are, you know, technologies and software and workflows and processes being established where employee experience is maximized. Do you like the way or business, the way they watch external customers' feedback and learning and improvement Is it part of your agenda, besides, of course, focusing on the overarching culture part, to quantitatively also see facts on the ground when it comes to employee experiences? Absolutely. And um, I will tell you that we, as, as an organization, Aurora does employee engagement surveys, I think, about every other year. But within the IT department, I do employee engagement surveys annually. And we started this back, I think, six years ago, utilizing Patrick Lencioni's The um, the Five Dysfunctions of a Team. There's a whole program around building teamwork and establishing ground rules and such. And I've done this within the IT department. And there's a survey that goes along with that that, that identifies both a combination of um, the healthy interaction between coworkers as well as uh, morale. Um, things I've added questions about what they believe we should be focused on, what are the key roles that we need to bring into the organization. Um, and I do this survey on an annual basis. And so, and I keep, because I have those baselines, I'm measuring year over year how we're doing. And then in response to those surveys, um, putting action plans in place to resolve the areas where either I'm seeing a deficit or a reduction or there's been um, actual comments or feedback that have identified a particular area that I want to address. And since we spoke about on the customer side, like sometimes the surveys don't really yield the best targeted input. 
Do you have a mechanism in place where that one-on-one conversation and that said and the unsaid feedback is also obtained from these people so that the people who may be showing passive resistance or they're just silent, but in some mm-hmm. form or fashion unknowingly um, undermining the overall outcome that we are all looking for, it doesn't fall through the cracks. Right. Well, I think, you know, you're right that you're not always going to get, you know, all of the feedback that that you need. Um, In our particular survey that we're doing, it's anonymous. And because we've been doing it for so long, everybody knows that it's anonymous. and, And so I don't think that there's concerns about things linking back to particular people. But doing something that that is measuring, you know, the same questions year over year, and then you'll see something that sticks out allows you to identify that there is a potential issue. As a matter of fact, um, we're going through our survey right now as an IT organization, and on Monday, I was reviewing the preliminary results with the IT leaders, and there was one or two responses that really stood out, you know, where everybody, you know, was on a five on this, and then there's a one. (laughs) <laughs> you know, or and there were a couple of comments, and you know the way that Survey Monkey works, you can say, okay, you know, show me all of the responses from this particular respondent, and you can see a pattern. And so, I've um, extended to my leaders that I'd like them to spend some time with their coworkers, trying to figure out who is it that's that's giving this negative feedback, so that we can get more, inf- you know, more information about this. We want to understand more insights, because if one person feels that way, it's possible that others do as well. And, and to your point, they're just being kind. Um, I think that's very important, as well as looking at, um, you know, trends, you know, work trends. Have, have there been changes in someone's work behavior, their productivity, um, you know, their, their show-up attitude? And I think that some of that is definitely um, something that, that a manager needs to pick up on from a sentiment perspective. But some of it could also be looked at from a, a metric and a, you know, technically identifying whether or not there have been changes in the patterns of their delivery. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And let's talk about the brand perception. Because while we spoke about experience directly with the customer or internal employees, and only at the time when they have had an experience, they you know, create some sort of a love or a hate relationship with the brand. But there is also many other activities that are happening on a regular basis, which makes us feel that whether we should do business with this uh, organization, if you are still a prospect, or if you are with a cust- uh, as a customer, you think, should I continue to do? Yeah, they are giving me good experience. But are they ones who would I would want to do business with because they have such a great brand and they are doing such great things? So a lot of these things come into play when it comes to brand perception. So question is, what can we do as part of experience management, which enhances the brand perception among the community, among the larger world out there? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? 
Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, brand perception. We know we would have customers who would work with us, and sometimes when we are not touching them, still there are many other things happening in the ecosystem, in the uh, internet space, digital space, or in-person space, which is creating, reducing, or enhancing the brand perception of a given organization. To what degree we can impact it using some of the common elements that we have utilized to impact the customer and the employee experiences? What has been tried? What have you tried in your organization? And what do you think you've seen others do which has helped? Any insight would be good, Kathy. Okay. Um, you know, brand perception, I think, is, is probably harder today to manage in the digital space than it ever was because of the fact that um, there are so many opportunities for grassroots digital initiatives, websites popping up, things like that. And, and we do have those in my organization where we'll find that, that some sales rep someplace went and created their own website, and maybe it's not 100% aligned with the brand that we're trying to portray in the marketplace um, so there's a lot of different things that organizations are doing and that we are doing to try to really manage that brand. Um, number one is having, from a marketing standpoint, having a very clear definition of what is the brand that we want to portray. You know, we have a belief statement in my organization that says, um, you know, we believe that packaging touches lives. Together we deliver on the promise of what's inside. Um, that is the perception that we want portrayed of Aurora, that packaging is important, that, um, that it, you can delight a customer simply by doing excellent packaging for the product. Um, and so from a digital standpoint, we actually do a lot of things, you know, ever, you know from Google Alerts to others to identify if there's anything that shows up to ins- as far as new websites, which sometimes do, so that we can get our arms around those and ensure that we're very, very actively managing that digital brand. 
Um, there's other things that lots of companies are doing about sentiment analysis and having teams of people that are reviewing um, social media and different things that show up that could impact that brand on the web and actively managing those things. The last thing that comes to mind for me really comes back down to communications and training, ensuring that there is a consistent sort of go-to-market strategy that involves the way that we want the brand to be perceived that is understood and followed by all coworkers. So we got to be authentic for us to really have a lasting relationship with our customers and with our employees. And when we talk about marketing and, and branding and creating that brand perception, we get into the wordsmithing and the messaging, if you will, where we could lose that authenticity or there is at least a risk of losing that authenticity. What can we do to really stay true to who we are and in that process create the brand perception which we truly deserve? Because that only will have the staying power. Everything else would be like a sine curve. Well, I think you know this, this comes back to experience. Um, you're right. You will lose that authenticity if it's it's a message. You know, I, I stated for you our belief statement at Aurora, and you might lose some authenticity when doing things like that. But, but if someone has truly experienced the brand, then and they believe in it, and they, you know, I've heard lots of salespeople over the years at many different organizations say, you know, I can sell anything if I believe in the product, and that's really critical. You know, and that comes down to the experience of that sales force and, and the coworkers in really, truly, 100% believing in that brand. Once they believe in it, the authenticity is there. You don't have to coach them on specific messages to utilize and things like that. Um, there are other things that organizations can do, though, that, you know, with respect to improving brand that I think a lot of companies are doing. So, you know, we donate a lot of money to charities on a regular basis, and, and we have a lot of social media that says, you know, we did this for the American Heart Association or, or other charities. Um, but there's also the opportunity to make a customer part of that experience by, for example, saying, hey, we're going to donate, you know, a million dollars to a charity this December, would you like to vote on what charity we're going to donate it to? Or, you know, can we do this in your honor on your birthday or the anniversary of when you became a customer? There's a lot of opportunities there to bring customers into that perception of the organization if it is a charitable organization, and that's what the organization wants to portray. And when you're looking at the product, the very offering that you have, so you have packaging solutions, which could be part service, part a product that you might have, and similarly, any other organization. And we all want to make sure that our product or solution evolves for the sake of relevance and for the sake of very delight. You want to surprise, pleasantly surprise the people who you serve. Do you think there is a clear playbook which can be developed, and I'm sure you might have tried in your organization, to have a way by which the strategy, the technology that you've utilized to create the experiences for all these different elements. You talk about customers, the employees, and the brand perception we just spoke about. You also bring that to impact what you offer and how do you evolve it and how do you take it to the next level of innovation? 
Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty big question. <laughs> so we have, I'll, I'll explain to you what our process is. We have a five-year strategic plan that we revisit at multiple times every year and with different audiences. So we go through, you know, net promoter scores with customers and, you know, feedback from customers, you know, annual visits, quarterly call visits and such that that come into our senior leadership. We also have a time when we review what are the things that need to be fine-tuned or tweaked uh, with our president's club, our top sales reps. We also have a time that we review those things with the operational leadership of the organization and finally, as an executive team, we come together and make those, those refinements on an annual basis. So with technology supporting the strategic vision, there are multiple opportunities to identify throughout the year any feedback that might say this is not, no longer aligned or we need to change this or we need to improve this or we need to introduce a new technology to achieve this latest objective. And that's how we go about it. It's a very methodical process. And when you say that it is methodical, is it powered by the technology element, which I'm sure you might have attempted to do or you may have in place on measuring and improving employee experiences, customer experiences, brand perception, and now we're talking about the product lifecycle management where you are going to help innovate on the product side? Yes, it it is supported by all of those things. We have a number of KPIs and metrics that we track on a regular basis that we look at, you know, scorecards for how we're doing as an organization and how we are um, doing with our customers and leveraging all of those things to say, what are areas that we can innovate? You know, also from from a packaging solutions perspective, there are a lot of different markets out there that leverage packaging. So even just looking at um, strategically where we point our guns or basically, you know, what area of the market that we're going to target um, helps to naturally evolve the fact that, you know, okay, so I've got to, we've got to innovate in that area. We're very focused right now on uh, the food industry, for example. There's a lot going on in packaging evolution in the food industry. Everything from having packaging that can allow um, different, you know, fruits um, to mature at different speeds based on, you know, how long they're in the refrigerator, things like that. There's just a lot of interesting things happening in that industry that we can take that feedback from customers. We can also look at how we're doing and how we're succeeding, where we're winning, and evolving the technology in order to meet our customers' needs. Let's take a quick break, listeners. Uh, we'll be right back. And we did touch the the four elements, the brand the product, the customer, and the employee, and how do we create an enhanced experience for each of them. And and there were some good examples given. Now, if you as a listener is attempting to go and improve in any of these areas, what are the type of pitfalls or gotchas or challenges that you should be ready for? And what are the best ways to create workarounds? so that you are able to move forward confidently. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore.
predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management and Document Sharing Solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sanjay Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So we all want a utopic state related to the four types of experiences we discussed, which is a customer experience, employee experience, brand related experience, and a product or solution-centric experience. So while we would all want to get to the best possible level, but we would have some challenges which would be inherent to the very nature of the beast or there would be uh, some gotchas or pitfalls we have to watch out for so kathy what what do you have to share here certainly so you know i will share a particular experience that that um that I went through, you know, a journey in my own career that didn't go the way that I would have liked. Um, at a company that I was working for, I had been asked to develop a sales tool that could work on iPads. And um, in designing that tool, I think I did a great job of working with the, the sales team, the, some of the representatives themselves, some of the most successful sales reps, and asking them to take me through their day and help me to understand what they were looking for, what would be the best platform for them? What would make their world um, really rock? You know, how, how could they be faster at their jobs so they could be spending more time with customers? And, and together with them, we designed a, a really clever platform that provided them with the, the information that they needed, real time, um, very, very clever things that, you know, you click on this problem and it automatically generates an email with all the relevant data that they just have to say who they want to send it to and it goes off and things that were very fast for them. And so that whole process of designing the solution went very well and it, it was a very, a very good tool. And the process of sending it out to the sales force went extremely well. I, I hand wrote a letter. Well, I, I didn't hand write it. I typed it up <laughs> and the letter went with all of the iPads to our sales force. And um, when they received it, 
they were delighted. It had, you know, instruction manual, here's what you do to be successful, here's what you need from a support standpoint, and we had a twice a week open line that they could call in with questions and things to really derive some adoption in the sales force. It went extremely well. The miss was really putting in place an ongoing, sustainable operating structure to continuously improve that and to support it ongoing. So, you know, really looking at things from a different perspective now at this point in my career, defining not only the technology, I'd been so focused on building this great product that I hadn't thought too much down the road about who is going to support this, how we're going to continue to evolve this. How are we going to ensure that, um, that this didn't become stagnant wasn't at the front of my mind. It was truly all about getting it out the door, you know, that product development, and we'll figure it out later. And in hindsight, I nowadays take a very different approach, looking at the entire journey from cradle to grave of the evolution of a product and my customer's experience throughout that entire time. Because while early on it was, it was extremely well-received and a delightful experience, it has degraded over time because I haven't been able to commit the resources to, uh, to truly continue to improve that. Which and is, does it get fuzzy? Does it get fuzzy over time either? Like, you know, as the things shift, because one of the things which I feel in this today's digital world, everything is moving so fast. And mm-hmm. and what you thought was the experience someone was looking for, you worked so hard internally to kind of align everything, and there you go. There's something else changed, which fundamentally either shifts it, or at least it shifts it enough for it to start losing its relevance. And the the lines start getting blurry. That what do you stick to, and what do you continue to evolve? Well, I think that's that's very true. You know, I think that all CIOs today find that they're very diversified. Um, across a huge platform of products that they are supporting. And it's an ever-growing platform. And I think that, you know, the digital world kind of doesn't forget about things. So it becomes more challenging to sunset products than it used to be. Because um, some, in many cases, they're still at the fingertips of, of your customers. Um, I'm sure we all experience that, you know, with apps that we may have downloaded to our iPhones or iPads or or um, Google devices, what have you. And eventually, you know, the, the product development doesn't keep up. Maybe there's an iOS update that comes out and it breaks certain features and, and things like that. Um, so for sure, you know, that, that is a challenge that we're all facing today and how to properly manage that and to drive that um, conscientious approach to managing products through that entire life cycle is something that we really need to have a focus on in our organizations. Now, you might have heard of uh, many tools and technologies available which actually allow you to hear uh, and or listen in, in a digital manner, in a quantifiable manner across these four areas, the brand, the product, the customer, and the employee. And have you worked on solving this problem or supporting solving this problem of experience management across these touch points by doing some homegrown systems or Excel spreadsheets or have you seen and would you recommend the CIOs actually start taking seriously this whole experience management area and invest towards related technology and workflows and processes? 
I absolutely think that CIOs need to be taking an active hand in that. Um, to be honest, I haven't matured beyond probably the Excel spreadsheets and, and other types of things to track these types of sentiments in my organization. Um, but for organizations that are heavily involved in digital brands and digital commerce and things like that, I think it's absolutely fundamental. And leveraging... Um, you know, bots and AI and other things to to improve those experiences is certainly relevant and should be part of the strategic roadmap for most organizations today. So one last question is about the type of talent and the leadership style we need for us to be able to manage experience across all of these touch points effectively. Do we need a separate army of people? Do you want to groom some people from within? Is it a teachable art or are we just hoping that you'll just be lucky to find right people to fall into right place with the right intent that experience will take care of itself? Well, there's, there's, um, there's something that I've said for many years, which is hire for attitude, train for skill. Um, you know, finding the right person with those, those right attributes is probably what we should be focused on from a talent standpoint. Ensuring that we are hiring people that fit in with the culture of our organization, that share our values and, our, um, and are truly on board with the experience and the brand that we're trying to portray really needs to be a focus point or a focal point, that is, when we're hiring from that process, from the very, very first day. Um, if we focus only on technical skill sets and we don't think about attitude and character and, you know, character counts, um, then we're, we're not ever going to meet our goals because that's so important. It's so relevant. So I personally do look for people that are um, enthusiastic, that stand behind what we stand for, that are smart, of course, and capable, and capable of being trained from a technical perspective, or maybe they do have the credentials and we're lucky. We've just found that, that great person, that unicorn that has it all. Um, but I think it's really important to start with, with that alignment of attitude. On behalf of our show and other listeners, thanks so much, Kathy, for sharing your thoughts on how leaders like yourself can boost organizations' performance or at least support it through experience management. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a delight. Thanks so much again. And uh, listeners, uh, experience management is important. Uh, please take a listen and hopefully you'll get some good nuggets which Kathy shared so you can utilize them in your organization. Please like us on Facebook, search for CTN, that is CIO Talk Network, and be sure to follow us on Twitter and join our LinkedIn group. And please listen to our podcast, download them, rate them so more people benefit. Thank you again for listening to this segment on CTN. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit ciotalknetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.